Welcome into the very first live show for the Coach's Corner. We are live at Wild Hair Beer Company in Spring Hill, Tennessee, with your host, Ryan Watson. And as always, next to me is Jonathan Bourne. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content at broadwaysportsmedia.com. As I stated earlier, we are at Wild Hair Beer Company, located in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And with us, we have Darren Hardwell, the local beer tender, purveyor, all around good guys, allowing us to come in here to the to the location, steal some time away from his customers. Now he's, he's been great. Uh, Darren, how's it going tonight? It's going great, man. Welcome to Wild Hair. <laughs> yeah. And for all of our listeners, hopefully you'll join us down here. This is a really cool bar. I mean, TV's the war, everything you want to watch down here. They've got board games. They've got video games. I see over here to my left. If you've got, I mean, I'm assuming kids can come in here for a video game. I'm uh, not real sure. Totally family friendly. Everyone. Come enjoy the Xbox 360. We got the Nintendo Wii going. You know, we're just a family-friendly sports tavern, you know, package sales. We want to take the fear out of beer. So, you know, people come in, they don't know what to look for. They walk into a grocery store. You can come here. You're going to get talked to. You know, you're going to get said hello to. You know, we remember your kids' names. It's just a it's just a good tavern to come to and just have fun. I can I can attest Darren is not he does have the gift of gab, so <laughs> definitely no problem if you're looking for somebody to talk well, to. Well you cannot bartend if you do not have that. <laughs> oh for sure. And and I think my first time in here, I came in, I literally looked and I said, I'm looking for a specific beer for my wife. Can y'all please help me? And I don't remember I don't remember who it was, but they walked me right over to the cooler, said, Here, we've got this, but also if she likes this, she might want to try this. Or in the next time I came in, you didn't have what we were looking for, but you said we have this this and this we 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 just sold our last cans of this we can find it for you yeah exactly that's that's exactly what happened so i can fill your kegerator you know if you want to drink at home (laughs) you know we're all about it some light weekend drinking yeah and i know uh jonathan you you said that one of your favorite activities like you're like this makes you sound worse than you are but sometimes when you come get chinese food from one of the local establishments that you put your order in you'll come in and hang out oh just you know drop in a little beer oh you can you can bring all your food in we have pizza ovens so papa murphy's you know, the right next door. you book it, I cook it, man. So bring it in. You know, I have families of 20 come in here and bring me five pizzas. I'm practically Italian at this point. So, <laughs> you know, I can, I can make any pizza you want for sure. So you've got enough food choices up here. There's also Starbucks if you need to wake up while you're in here too, depending on what you want to bring in. But yeah, this is a really cool bar. So please come in and see us sometime. Come see Darren. Uh, come see Chris Bisek, his, his co-owner. That is my owner. Owner, yeah. Okay. I just generally manage the place. Yeah. We don't do actually is, is the owner for yeah, sure. Owner of the bar. We don't do ownership of people on this show. So. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll come back here later in the show. One thing we're going to be doing is uh, reviewing a beer each week. So uh, for the use you guys out there that maybe not a huge football fan one, why are you listening? But if you are and want to stick around, no, please stick around. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a couple of new ideas for beers to try here. Well, I'm going to go do my job. So tighten up. Thank you, sir. All right, this group of Darren to join us. Like I said, Wild Hair Beer is just a cool place to come on down. Uh, the lighting in here is pretty cool. Just the the what do you call this? An awning with the the yeah, something fancy like that. An lights. awning, just yeah, an awning. Yeah. yeah, so it's a really cool place to come on down. Join us for a show one time. You know, we might stick a mic in your face and let you uh, give an opinion about Titans football. No, I'm just kidding. I think our producer JG might kill us for that one. So there's been a lot going on in the Titans world. We are right in the middle of preseason. Uh, training camp is going live. The hot Twitter takes are going on rampantly right now. Jonathan, what's been your favorite uh, Twitter take so far? 
Oh, gosh, my favorite Twitter take. Well, I got to pick up on the Josh Reynolds is not going to make this roster. Uh, I think he, a guy goes out on injury for a couple of days, and all of a sudden he's just completely off the roster because of a couple of, uh, you know, Offseason darlings, Marcus Johnson having some uh, good plays in training camp, but I, I think that's still a little bit asinine and a little early to completely move on because ultimately it's not going to be too financially right. uh, advantageous for them to get rid of him anyways. So Right. They're, they're not saving a, a, a buck. It's not really going to be – it's a drop in the bucket based on what they're paying him. What is it, 1.7? Something like that. Something like that. It's, it, they'd save seven and, and $750,000, which – okay. I mean, I'll take that. But I, I'll the trust the time, money man yeah. of the relationship. If you, need, if you need numbers, here's your guy. If you need overall just dumb opinions, that's me. And I lead the show sort of. So uh, you're still in my thunder for later, though, because I was going to get into Josh Reynolds. We'll skip that. And I actually say that I do understand that, that him getting cut is a terrible idea based on everything, but I can at least see where the emotion's coming from. People that are at training camp are saying how well that the others are, are performing and that you're kind of, you've got nine ish bodies for six spots. So Somebody's going to have to go or whatever that number works out. There's too many bodies, too few spots. So something's going to have to happen there. More than likely to be probably the guys at the lower end that weren't gone and, and, and signed and, and all that good stuff. Well, ultimately, look at the back of the roster. Those guys are, we, we talk about this every year, especially on a good team. That's a good place to be when you're talking about positions, you know, 40 through 53, not, you know, push it, push who's going to start in your 11, right? right. Th that, those are the best teams that are going to set up for that. And ultimately, we talk about it. It's going to be the special teams guys. It's not going to necessarily be the best wide receiver to get that sixth or seventh spot. It's going to be the guy that can go out there and be a gunner on special teams. And, you know, they, they drafted a guy late in the draft this year and Racy McMath, who's an athletic freak. You can, you know, take some time. Leo for Jones, 2.0. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can take <laughs> some time for him to actually develop as a wide receiver, but uh, to get him out there and him to be able to contribute. And ultimately, if I'm, you know, a fifth or sixth string corner and I'm having to line up against a six, three, four, 220 pound wide receiver who's also Things a happen. gunner, uh, that's not a place I want to yeah. be. Yeah. And, and, that, that's true. But it is nice to see some guys performing. And you kind of have to kind of read between the lines a little bit with you have your training camp darlings. You have your ones you fall in love with that may or may not even make the team based on how they're playing. It's super early. So just kind of take everything with a grain of salt would be my advice. But if, if you if you get a crush like Mike Miracles has tend to do with a couple of players, Sierra Tart, who I'll talk about here in a little bit, is one of them. And he's definitely worked out for Mike, uh, Mike Herden. So all that being said, we're going to go through a couple of things tonight. If you're watching the show, chime in uh, with some questions. We'll get to them. Uh, keep them as PG-13 as you possibly can. Uh, well, just if they're bad, we won't read them. Simple as that. Yeah, we're, we're at a bar. <laughs> this is bar talk. If you guys got questions, feel free to jump in there. We'll, we'll get to them live on air. We may even for let sure. Darren answer a couple. Yeah, for sure. If you have any questions for Darren, he's there in the background. He's working hard. Just, I'm sure he'll come over and grab the mic. If you have a question for him about wild hair, about anything else, he is sporting a very nice Vandy shirt, so you know where his allegiance lie. Anchor down, he says. So, so if you have any Vandy questions, you know, we'll, we may now be able to fill them, but we'll kick it over to Darren as our local Vanderbilt analyst. Uh, just kidding. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of things. One thing I want to talk about first is we have the first preseason game coming up this week against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Side note, if you listen to our show before, we've gushed about this stadium beforehand. A group of us went down a couple of years ago, I think, and it's probably one of the best experiences I've had in a stadium hands down in Atlanta. They, they did it right. And, it, and it's not just the free refills on Cokes that are everywhere, but it's, it's the attention to detail for me that every floor not only had the amount of effort put in the first floor where people were going to see it and take their pictures and everything, but every floor had that same kind of detail and care. So it's a really cool place. Plus, I think 20 bucks, and I was able to 
eat, drink a beer and all kinds of stuff. I think that was actually the reason we went down there. It was, it was like the, cheap the concessions. concessions. The concessions yeah. were so cheap. So let's go down there. We'll save some money. But uh, yeah, if you're a big fan of Nissan Stadium, don't go to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, you. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to be spoiled at that point. Nothing against Nissan, but that's a good point. Uh, so, Jonathan, let me ask you this. Uh, we do have the preseason game coming up. It is the very first preseason game. We've had this discussion just in our personal lives on shows in the past before. But just... For a refresher, what are your expectations for a week one preseason game? So I think it, it changes depending on, on the team. With this one, this is a team that's kind of been through it. So you got Todd Downing coming in. And yes, he's going to want to put in some of his flavor to the offense, but at the same time, don't don't broke what's not or don't fix what's not broke. There we don't go. Broke, don't don't broke, don't broke what's not, what's not fixed. Yeah. Uh, don't don't try to fix what something that's not broke. So uh, I think you're going to come out. You're going to you know run some plays that you know they probably don't need to run a ton of dig plays. You know across the middle. That was their bread and butter last year. So are they going to come out and try and get into more three wide? Wide receiver sets maybe not because josh reynolds isn't out there maybe so because marcus johnson is apparently going to overtake julio jones and aj brown by the end of the preseason so i, I think <laughs> well <laughs> yeah when you when you get into this the most important thing obviously no injuries but for me you start looking at some of those guys that you still have some questions about jeff swain coming out and being your starting tight end is he a guy that can truly be a starting tight end in the nfl he was a guy that was on the street a few just you know a year ago it wasn't like a big name free agent that they brought in so sure how are they going to utilize him? Is he going to truly be that guy that they can deploy all over the place? Or is he, you know, a street free agent? I think that's the biggest question they got on offense and on defense. You start getting some of those young guys into the mix, those guys that have not been there. I think Chris Jackson is a guy I really want to look at just because, you know, you got Farley in there. He's still trying to get up to speed. Who's going to be your slot guy. They like Chris Jackson. He ultimately is a limited athletic kind of guy. So what are you going to have there? And ultimately, I just want to see them go up against whatever uh, Art Smith is going to be putting in. Well, it's going to be – we'll get to this a little bit because I think it will be basic, you know, but it, it, the reunion is going to be there a little bit as a uh, live show truck drives by honking the horn as they're backing up. Safety first for that 18-wheeler. He's obviously here to listen to us. Oh, yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he said it was a full bar. He didn't want to come in and bother us. No, as he's backing up down the parking lot. But I think in that first game, your expectations need to be set a little bit because it's preseason football. You're, gonna, you're not going to see a whole lot of the starters, especially this early in the preseason. But you might want to see some of these second-tier guys, see what they have, especially if you're having to make some some roster decisions. You may already have your mind set up on who you're going to be your special teams gunners, but you may be battling for some of those role players, like Jonathan alluded to, some of your 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 third or excuse me, fourth and fifth corners, those kinds of things. Who you're going to, guys you can depend on should the injury bug plague you, like you've seen in the past for the Titans and for other football teams, because it's a contact sport. Everything happens. S side note. No dig routes because you've got guys that are headhunting in practice that are eating cut from their 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 NFL dream because they're taking shots at starting or drafted receivers. So you don't want to do that in a preseason game for sure. So you see vanilla stuff basically. But I, one thing I'm looking at, uh, Justin Mello uh, put out an article today, I think, about an hour ago, Darrington Evans, uh, his interview there. So go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and check that out. But I'm, I'm interested to see how much they're going to run Darrington Evans out there because I don't think we got a fair look at him last year based on the injuries and based on everything else. So I think they need to see exactly what he has uh, since drafting him and see how he's going to fit into this offense going forward. And this first couple games are going to be kind of perfect for that. If they decide that he's going to be heavy use, you'll, you'll probably see him back off a little bit more and get that treatment because you don't want to pull that guy, have anything happen to him if he's going to be a big contributor. Uh, you touched on the receivers. I also want to see this offensive line. It's going to be a makeshift offensive line. I don't, you're, Kendall Lamb's not even going to be out there, I don't think. Uh, Tyson Brello. Yeah. 
little dis disagreement today between Mike and, and Zach about how to pronounce that name. So I'm just going to stick what I've always done at Sambrillo. Uh, and I'll let them yell at me later if I'm wrong, but just see some of those, some of those offensive lines, see if they get their snaps down a lot of other complaints from camp and just, you know, see how that group is going to gel. You, you want to say that these backup linemen are important, but how important were, was the third string tackle last year with the Titans? I mean, those, that stuff really does matter. So tune into that game. I'll be watching it because Hey, it's Titans football. First time you've had in a long time. Why not? Yeah, the biggest disappointment. I mean, everybody's going to be excited to see the new guy, Julio Jones. I would be shocked if he played, even if he was fully healthy right now. I'd be shocked uh, if he played any of the games. Exactly. There's no you. reason to. I mean, you, you got him not to see him in week one of preseason. There's going to be a lot of excitement, but I, I'm just not seeing it. One question I see that has come in in the chat is, what do you think about the Titans kicking depth? They are. They deep, have depth. They, yeah, they're. They deep, have depth. They're deeper than they are quality. That's for sure. And, and how will it play into their success this season? So I think it's one of those. Look, we saw it last year. It was one of those. They scored more, a whole lot more touchdowns than they did field goals, and that was a good thing because it was. Uh, what was my what was my uh, word last week? Mercurial. mercurial. It was a mercurial Damn experience <laughs> in uh, in the kicking game. So I, for me, I think it's absolutely a big worry. It's something that they are going to have to either pray that they got it right because you didn't draft a kicker, and I get it. You're not. It, it's not a position you want to spend a draft pick on, but ultimately it decides games. So I mean, you better hope that defense got a lot better and your offense is just as good because otherwise, you're going into games where every single thing is just you know become the cardiac kids hoping that that kick's going to go through and you have no confidence in the world. It's not a fun place to be for a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I will say this though, as, as an Alabama fan, we haven't had a whole lot to to complain about as fans over the past I don't know decade plus. Um, you know, but the one thing that it's always been kind of the running joke is they never had a kicking game. Well, this last year, Will Record, I hope I'm saying the young man's name right, was perfect from field, you know, for most of the season. I don't know if you ever missed one. That was a nice little change of pace to be able to not have to sweat out a field goal at any point in time. Not that Bama had to sweat out a whole lot of close games, but you never knew when that one time they needed it and it didn't happen. I say all that to, to get back to Titans is you still want that to be an important part, as Jonathan said, of your game because it's huge. You know, you've got, you've got the best punter in the game, not one of the best punter in the game. And, you have that weapon for your kicking game for one part of it. And you in the field goal, it would be nice to see some consistency there. Um, it just doesn't appear that that is there at this time. So we'll, they'll probably make a couple more roster moves. If it doesn't go well in the season, a couple more roster moves. I mean, if anything, John Robinson has showed that he's not, he's not scared to pull a trigger there. Maybe he sticks with somebody too long, but he'll make a change sometimes head scratching, but he'll make those kicking changes at some point in time. Yeah. One other big shout out here is uh, obvious. This, this comment actually came in from Twitch. Apparently we're huge on Twitch and it's shots of Patron from Twitch. Uh, Thank you, very, shots. very appropriate. Oh, okay. Okay. We got the, the live audience back here. Love it. <laughs> we'll just put you on the mic next time. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the one thing you're going to look for is kind of the depth chart moves, everything you see, you've seen the depth chart come out. There was a whole lot of, uh, let's call it banter back and forth this, this week. About how to it's, read a depth chart? Left to right, then down and over, you know, just for everyone out there. What's, what's the Tommy boy quote? Left to right, top to bottom, take yep. Advil for headaches. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so hopefully you figured that out, but I will also stress this. This was very much, and I tweeted this out. This is this was very much a here. You made us do a thing. Here's the thing. Go nuts. It doesn't mean a ton other than that front line is probably pretty accurate to what they're feeling that their starters are going to be. You still see that they have a lot going on with the the right tackle spot, obviously, with what all has been going on there, and whether uh, Dylan Raiden, excuse me, is going to be able to filter in. They've got him listed as guard. I doubt that'll last the entire season. We'll see what goes on there. But one of the comments that Rabel made 
and uh, there's a whole lot of upheaval about this in the social media realm about some of these highly drafted rookies were listed at the bottom of the depth chart. And Vrabel had an interesting comment that you kind of had to earn it. What, what was your take from that, Jonathan? You know, that's very an old, old school mentality. And, and it's interesting because in all the pro sports, we've talked about the players getting more power into it. And I, I appreciate it to an, to an extent, but a lot of these guys, I mean, you talk about Alabama had a notion for a while that those guys coming out of that program were so beaten up by the time they got to the pros. A lot of these guys between the school, between the workouts they have to go through, they, they're having to put in the more effort. I don't want to say more effort. That undermines, you know, kind of the responsibility that pros have to go through. But it's not like these guys aren't having to essentially pull full-time jobs in the college game. So I, I'm not sure. I, I get it. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I don't necessarily even want it to go away, but I do think it's also a little overblown. And I, I see in the comments, Bal and Ali here, it's week one of the preseason. <laughs> Who cares about depth chart? 100% agree with you. What else will I talk about on <laughs> August the 10th if I'm not talking about week one preseason depth charts? Don't you rob that from me. <laughs> and I think that's what I, what I was getting at when I said, here's the thing, just whatever. It doesn't really matter. You know, I think Brable, I think he was half joking about never seeing it, wanting to see it for the first time. But I think he was trying to stress, don't read too much into it. And I agree with you. It's week one depth chart. And that's all I was trying to get at is it's just interesting to see, though, and people are going to read into Swaim over Ferkser tied in. But that's not that's not surprising to me because Ferkser's a tight end and name only. How he's used is very much not tight end like. We'll see if that changes this year. But to his, this point in his career, he's been a large wide receiver that lines up primarily in the slot. He has not been much very effective, or not. I don't want to say effective. He has not been used as much in the run game in line. Um, now Superhorn's going to come hit me with like forty plays where he was in line. But I looked earlier. I didn't see him. Um, but my point is, is that I think they have a role for him out, and he's going to be uh, the third and long threat. Well, third medium threat. I, I mean, the, the good news about that, him being listed second, what that tells me is that they're not going to try and put a, you know, a square peg into a round hole with Ferkser. Don't try to make him Johnny Smith. He's not Johnny Smith. He's not a guy that wants to go and uh, come downhill on a linebacker. That is just not his game. And so don't ask him to do that. There are willing blockers out there. We talk about the preseason. One guy I'm interested in looking at is a Tommy Hudson. This is a guy that came into the league last year, got struck with, P, you know, a PED suspension. So obviously he He's strong. Um, so, I mean, take advantage of that. Get that guy to come downhill on a linebacker and do his game. He's pulling trucks in the, you know, in his offseason. So this is his chance to make the team. And that, if you're a guy like Tommy Hudson, who's a, who's a third-string guy, uh, that's where you got to make the, your name for yourself is be that guy that can come in and be a blocker. Oh, for sure. Miller Forstall somewhere down there in that depth chart as well. Uh, you know, so I agree with you. Um, this depth chart, first week. Not to like, will Derrick Henry be the RB one? Can we confirm? I think that I think he's an up and comer. I think he's got a shot at the starting position, maybe. Yeah, he may have to earn it. He may have to earn it. He may he may lead the league in rushing again. Who? No, no big deal. No. He can't catch those. So they probably should uh, downgrade him. I saw some videos where he caught like two passes in this offseason. No, he was working on it. So <laughs> exactly. So no, I, I expect big things out of Derrick Henry. Just just all jokes aside. So that's it kind of I, – I, I viewed it as more of just kind of a, like you said, old-school mentality from Vrabel, let them earn it. You know, the vets have been there. They're going to be filtered in. Don't don't give the rookies any kind of sense of entitlement, those kinds of things. So really it's just more Vrabel being Vrabel, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm getting some some just weird stats here that Ferks are actually lined up in line 89 times last year. So Well, then I was wrong. You're not wrong. That's not a ton of snaps. <laughs> well, I said like 40. 
Yeah, was he was he in line while also having Johnu Smith inside? I mean, <laughs> and was that a three tight end set? Yeah, uh, we can break those down. Thank you, thank you, uh, producer, for pulling out those great stats for me. Yeah, our producer place. is really here as an accountability buddy for Ryan. Yes, well, I mean, I need one. I mean, plus, I'm drinking, so that's just going to get worse for me. Oh yeah, we're going to be throwing out <laughs> lots of made up stats here soon. So, but that does, re- you know, as far as the roster goes, is there a, a Titans darling, or do you have like a favorite player or someone that you're watching, anyone you're keeping tabs on through the training camp just because you, you want to follow a little extra closer than other players? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you look at someone like a, maybe a Monty Rice that can come in here and uh, say what you want about Rashawn Evans, and, you know, people will bash Monty Rice, and, you know, it was he overdrafted looking at you, F-words, Zach. <laughs> um, Hi, Zach. Yeah, bashing a guy who hasn't even played a game. We'll talk about Des Fitzpatrick soon enough. Um, but when you look at Monty Rice, I think this is a, a middle linebacker in preseason games is a position that you can make an impact early because it's not going to be heavily schemed games. You're just playing straight up football and it's assignment football. If you're a middle linebacker, go, go make go make a name for yourself. So I do think it will um, be interesting to see how much he plays and gets in there with you having Rashawn Evans, you having Jayon Brown coming back off an of injury. Are they going to rush him back? I wouldn't expect to. You know what you got in him. Maybe I mean, I think you have you know what you have in Rashawn Evans, so I think he'll get a lot of playing time, and I'm interested to see how how he actually fits in because you have another guy in David Long with a couple of middle linebackers coming up on contract years this year. I think this is a good start for those guys. Yeah, I think the player I'm, I'm looking at is just like I stated earlier, the offensive line, Dylan Radens. I'm doing it again, Dylan Radens, just to see how he progresses because it's Mike Miracle's touchdown today. During there, uh, they started off on the Twitter Spaces and they moved over to a restream live. But it was it was a great show. If y'all missed that, Mike's gonna try to do that every time he goes out to camp and kind of fill you in, fill everybody in with what he saw. Uh, but just to kind of see how he progresses because it's it's he wanted he, he made it a special. Uh, kind of point to say that offensive linemen struggling off the draft, you think immediately of Isaiah Wilson. And that was a good point by Mike, but you don't, not everyone's created equal. Just because he's struggling doesn't really mean much. Offensive linemen are supposed to struggle early for the most part. And then, I mean, I say that with hearing what Trey Smith is doing out in Kansas city. So, and that, but I always, that dude from uh, Jackson, Tennessee, he's just a mauler and thought he'd be pretty good interior lineman. I will say this interior line is a lot different than tackle as well. So, Raiden probably hasn't seen some of this stuff he, in college, especially at the level he was. Yeah, lower so, level taking a year yeah. off of football. I mean, this it's going to be a big jump. Anybody expecting him to start week one? Now you want your second round pick to contribute early, so it, they, they need to find a way to get him involved. Maybe they'll throw some screen passes to him like they like to do in their trick plays each year. He'll, he'll be the uh, trick play offensive lineman this year. Yeah, he'll be that extra tight end. He'll, he'll, he'll have that drag across the middle when they hit him in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. I can't wait to make a joke about all the fans that wanted a wide receiver in the second round if Dylan Ravens <laughs> catches a pass. <laughs> Speaking of wide receivers, got Donnie D on YouTube with a question here around uh, watching some Julio highlights, and he's seen them catch some screens here in recent years. And do we see them taking any more tunnel screens or jailbreak screens from Julio and AJ this year? What are, what are your thoughts? You know, honestly, I, I just I think this is more on uh, Downing. 
I don't know what he's going to do. But the thing I will say is that you have your interior there. A lot of times when, when teams try to load the box and stop the run, screen is a great tool to try to defeat some of that, try to defeat some of that pressure that's, that's being brought in. But if they're going to scheme to be spread out, I don't see it as much. But if they're going to be a little more interior, I do see some of that. I would like to see them run some running back screens as well. Maybe not Julio at this point in his career just because – not that I'm fearing injury or anything like that, but I think that he's here for a pretty specific role. He can do the screen. He's been very successful at it throughout his career and in college because of just the freak athlete he is. Not saying he's lost a step, but age, as you said, have you have said a million times, father time is undefeated. And just maybe he's got a little different role for himself come out here. And, and AJ Brown as well. AJ is probably arguably the best receiver on the roster currently. Just he knows the Titans offense. He's had the the chemistry and the relationship with Tannehill. Um I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. I just don't know if you're going to go that way based on their scheme. It really depends on how they're wanting to run things. When you have a successful run game, you don't need a screen game quite as much, but there's going to be some games where the run is being have extra attention on and the blitzes and the, and the twists are going to be extra attention on that front. That can help alleviate that. So maybe I'm seeing it more as a situational type thing is instead of a game every week type deal. Yeah, I think it's going to depend on how teams like to play them. Uh, Downing did like to run a lot of those uh, wide receiver screens, either whatever variation you want to go with, tunnel or jailbreak screens. I mean, he liked to run a lot of those when he was out in Oakland. Now, again, you're talking about guys, you're hoping that he's a guy that is able to cater to his personnel. So do I think there's probably going to be more? Yeah, I think so. And I think if if you're a defense, you're probably coming in and you're probably playing a little bit more off of the wide receivers because you're trying to commit guys to to the box to stop Derrick Henry and you don't want to immediately get beat over the top. So I it, we get back to all the weapons the Titans have and how it puts defenses in a bind. You put play those corners off, cool. Okay, we're just going to take that quick shot and get good right. luck coming up to hit these big-bodied guys, even a Josh Reynolds who is a big-bodied guy, coming up and making those one-on-one tackles in space puts a defense in a bind. So I think they may get lulled into hitting them with some of those. I don't think we'll see too many of them. I really think it's going to be more about the same over the top, you know, post routes over a dig, putting those safeties in a bind because they're going to be in single high a lot and seeing what you could, what the defensive secondary can do. Cause that's, that's what this team is built to do. Yeah. The more pressure you can put on them deep, the, the, the more you're going to open up the box the more help is going to have to go back. So if you can use those two weapons, three weapons, depending on it, and I don't care if it's Reynolds, Ferkser, whoever's going to be in that slot, if Mason Ken, uh, excuse me, Mason Kinsey uh, puts out a, Kinley puts out a, uh, comes oh, out you had slot. Kinsey, there Kinsey, we go. Thank you. Uh, puts out he, he's slot. like 10% of a beer in right now, yeah. so we got to give him a break. <laughs> I, I haven't had anything to eat today, so it's, it's really getting to me. No, um, as Kinsey covers out, I think that, uh, uh, Teron reported that he thought that he was the most pure slot, and I don't disagree with that just based on body size and how he could be used. But again, the Titans are going to have Ferkser there. What I'm saying is there's a lot of weapons to stretch the field to alleviate some of that pressure on Derrick Henry, which is as as good as Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill has been doing and as good as I think he is, that's still your bread and butter, I think, especially at this point in time in his career with Derrick Henry. Got another question in here? No, this is just comments. He's talking about how awesome I, the things I said were. You know, oh, that, yeah. That, well, po- that post-dig combo sounds like a nightmare. It is, and that's it is. what it is. They, the Titans don't have to get complicated. What they have, again, if healthy, that's my biggest fear if you haven't figured it out. Somebody's going to get hurt, and then things change. But, you know, you talk about Mason Kinsey being that true slot-wide receiver. I think their willingness to let, let Adam Humphreys go shows they don't want just a single sure, slot-wide sure. receiver. And I, I'd argue their best 
true slot wide receiver is Anthony Ferkser. Oh, a hundred percent, especially with what you saw there towards the middle to end of the season. Once Humphreys went down, you saw kind of a lethal, lethal combination. I thought they did a really good job and people wanted to say that John o. Smith was, didn't produce as much, all those good things. Well, he was used a little differently. And plus the emergence of Ferkser being able to be that slot type receiver allowed them to take some pressure off, off John and he could help some of those tackles out. He could help draw some attention away for some guys to, to, to on the outside between Corey Davis and AJ Brown. So, you know, it, it, all that really depends. Some good comment there about the tunnel screens, but I really think the Titans, honestly, I think the correct answer is the Titans are going to have multitudes of ways to attack a defense, and that's not something that Titans fans can make a claim to or be excited about from years past. Yeah, no, I think, and we got another question coming in here. Again, from Twitch, I told you we're huge on Twitch now. Uh, which major injury could the Titans live with? That's a good one. And I think we talked about this being a deep team. I would say while they are deep, they are not a team that can withstand a couple of major injuries. Obviously, you got your big ones. If Tannehill goes down, they're in trouble. Derrick Henry, I think I think they actually could live with a Derrick Henry injury, but it changes how you play I don't want to see it. No, 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 no absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, so, I mean, if you're looking at which major injury, does middle linebacker count? Can I go back to that? Like, yeah. Just because yeah. you essentially survived last year well, without him anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you saw more of a difference when like Jayon went down, those kinds of things. So I think that the corners being as young as they are, a couple of injuries there could push some some inexperienced guys into a playing time too early, those kinds of things. I think that's something you've got to monitor. Um, but I think you could survive it. Receiver, though, I definitely think you – I don't want to lose Holy, Holy, Julio. <laughs> Julio or AJ or those guys. You don't want to lose your starters. But at the same time, if you've got this much – talent that is showing out in camp you've got some guys that can get you by especially if they're running those routes and they're doing it effectively i think you can survive there over certain positions even though the titans survived on like 17 offensive tackles last year i don't want to see it happen again i think very highly of keith carter but i don't want to see them go through that again from year to year i'd, I'd, I'd rather see a 100 percent healthy year out of uh, lawan saffold jones nate davis and then Whoever is going to be a right tackle, probably Kendall Lamb at first. Well, we'll yeah, I mean, ultimately, though, I think you look at that offensive line. I do think that's the place you just spent a second round pick on a guy. Uh, you're training him up all over the line. You have some depth that's with some other guys that they brought in. Ultimately, you don't want to lose one of those interior right. guys, but it's easier to cover up an interior guard than it is to cover up a, a tackle on an island because oh, you're having to commit yeah. a tight end there. So that's probably the answer, right? I don't there. think Aaron Brewer was terrible last year either. I think that he could he could come in and, and he. Was was very serviceable when he had to sit, step in for Saffold. Uh, I think that he also backed up Ben Jones as well, if my memory serves me correctly. So my, my point there is I guess I don't want to tempt fight, fate two years in a row. It worked out great last year. That's not always the case. As you can see, with, with some teams get to a Super Bowl and they just can't stop water. <laughs> yeah. And their athletic quarterback is running for his life, making uh, circus-type throws in Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I don't want to see them go through that. But I think, they again, they can survive it. Um you know, it's just I don't want to see anybody go down, but I think Tannehill is the one that can't survive. That one is pretty much, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, name me the team though that's uh, going to the Super Bowl with the backup quarterback. I mean, it just it's so rare. I know it happens periodically, but it's uh, the Nick most Foles. it's the most important. Yeah, but yeah, he might have been better than the star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, during that's that, like a during yeah, that but. stretch anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah but. Yeah. Uh, so no, I think in that one, that's the thing that always gets me. You want a good service backup quarterback, but ultimately if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, while yeah, it's kind of important. If you lose your quarterback, you're, you're up Creek without a paddle anyways. Yeah. So good question there. Thank you. You have to read that name for me. I can't see this, but I'm getting TJ old. fan 99. Thank you. TJ fan 1999. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
Looks like another, do we have another question coming in here? No, we don't have a question. I promise you, I will get to the questions. All right, as they thank come in. you. Yeah, I, I need to rely on you, trusting you, trusting my co-host a lot more than I than I have so far in this in this show. Uh, so, last topic, uh, we have it here that you know generally the expectations of what you're going to see if, as far as installing plays. When you get into the season, you kind of see that the base is already said you're yeah. going to see some wrinkles you are see a lot of install throughout the week depending on what defenses you're going to see but in preseason you don't need to expect a whole lot of that it's more of a keep it simple because again they're trying to evaluate these players and what better way to do that is give them the basic plays and see what they can do there's no reason to then also confuse them with complicated plays but what, what are your takes there on that and what are you expecting out of those kind of plays yeah no i think if you have a new offense that you're truly installing there obviously you're going to come out and show a little bit more i think for this team you're coming in you may run a couple of plays you just want to get reps on that guys are not familiar with but ultimately you're going to keep it simple get your reps in um and now later in the game you may actually open up the playbook a little bit more to see what some of the the younger guys can do but with those starters i, I just don't see you're not going to be seeing trick plays out there unless you're truly doing it just to give people something to look at. I would I would kind of say that you have a gadget type player, and I don't know if you've got anybody like that on the roster. Dylan Raidens. We're going back to it. <laughs> he's, weapon he's gonna, Weapon X. Weapon X is going to be he's going to be your gadget. He's going to be your your uh, throwback king. Yep. That's right. him. I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for big boy touchdowns. I love it because then you get a big boy dance. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's got to be the uh, what is it, Sean Smith, Detroit Lions, with the uh, interception return for a touchdown. His uh, celebration was just eating. I, my celebration was just passing out. Yeah, I think he wouldn't got oxygen after that. Oh, but. for sure. Which <laughs> I remember someone made fun of a full player. I think it was we were watching the Super Bowl with somebody, and it was James Harrison picking uh, Kurt Warner off and then running it all the way back for a touchdown. It's like an eighty-yard interception return for a very large defensive end outside linebacker type guy. And he just was gassed like, Oh, he's a professional athlete. Why can't so you got to try to run out there with all those pads and that heat. And I think it was out in Arizona or something too. Just yep. Good, yep. good luck with that. So that's everything we have for tonight. Uh, no more questions coming in right now. Please uh, load them up. We'll stay as long as the questions keep coming in. Uh, well, maybe we won't. I know you've got a bedtime at some point. I do. It's very, I'm very, uh, I'm very old. <laughs> and so it is definitely my bedtime, but we do have to get, well, if you're old, then what am I? Dead. Okay. Um, so we do have to get to the most important thing of the show. The beer review. And that is the initial most important beer review. Mr. Darren, can you join us over here? Yes, no. can you can you come over here and join us? Is again, that sir? is that his music? Is, yeah, where's my entrance music, man? Hey, oh, I don't, I don't I don't have music. I mean, well, so you guys are drinking a double imperial IPA. That's the Who Needs Galaxy from Southern Grist, local to Nashville. Their sours are amazing, but they also make some heavy hitter like IPAs. Which, if you've stumbled over your words. In the podcast, it might be because of that. Well, I, well, I don't need a beer to stumble over words. If anybody's ever listened to the show, well, it would be less embarrassing it's if we didn't a heavy have a hitter, video. But <laughs> it's got some mosaic, like galaxy hops, and at Wild Hair, we we have a beer for every variety. So we have fifteen tap, growler wall, pint wall. So ciders, sours, lagers, pilsners, kolsches. We have one for every single variety. So if you're scared of the high octane. Then you can just go down to the Kolsch's. If you're scared of, you know, the stouts, you can go to the Pilsners. You know, we got one for every single variety. Something for and everybody. We rotate every yeah. week. Nothing's nothing's old. Everything's fresh. So, so I'm an I'm an IPA guy, and this is actually not as hoppy of an IPA as I think most people. Well, that's would be the used mosaic. To. You're yeah. getting the mosaic 
hops, but it's a 7.5 ABV. So it's on the higher end of the, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really like this. It's the second time I've actually had it. it it's uh, something I would highly recommend, right? Yeah, like if, if, if the Khalif Raymond was like a Pilsner, that would be like the Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Wow. Khalif could get it done. But Derek's going to be a 7.5, you know, Khalif's going to be a 4.4, but very fast, you know. Right. Uh, so, so my thoughts, my thoughts on the beer are this is that as Jonathan knows, I'm not the biggest IPA fan. I just, for whatever reason, it missed me. I guess I went to college at the wrong time. It just wasn't highly available. It was whatever beer was free or cheapest or whatever Cody's was selling for $5 out of the keg. Who knows what that <laughs> beer was? So my beer tastes are very much just whatever's free, well, but. As someone who doesn't like IPAs, this is very refreshing. Yes. I, I very and, I have enjoyed it. So it's one of those, I think it's one of those IPAs. If you hear the IPA name, you go, Oh, I don't like IPAs, give this a try because it's it's pretty it's smooth. Very, it's very good. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very good. Yeah, I would give this a PFF score of 92.3. Yeah. We need an RG, what is it? RGFPS. RG3. <laughs> RG yeah. RGFPS uh, score on this. <laughs> so I, I like it. I, I would I would have if I didn't have to drive home and and uh deal with family night i probably have another one i'm struggling <laughs> enough as it is so but i but i do recommend this beer if you ever come down here to wild hair if, if it is on rotation then or if they want to recommend something that's close to that you'll probably have something on tap that's close um, but if they don't want to come in is there any other way they can uh, reach out to y'all any other kind of yeah, um, check us out on instagram at wild hair beer company or wild hair beer co at wild hair yeah beer i made co. that mistake today by the way yeah for <laughs> sure and they can also like we're very open like I'll answer the phone all day, every day. You know, if you have a kegerator, call us up. I'll gladly place your order. If I can't get it today, I'll find where to get it and get it tomorrow or the next day. You know, a very locally owned and operated business, you know, we're and and we will be here every single Tuesday during the season uh, in, and the postseason, assuming it keeps going like that. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm assuming there'll be Titans games on Sunday. We'll on be the here TV. for the Titans, Bucks, and the Super Bowl. So, yeah, go. tighten up, man. And then on – so Tuesday nights, come join us live here, uh, the Coach's Corner, our live podcast throughout the season. We're going to keep it going. Wednesday nights, I think y'all are going to try to get trivia back. Possibly. Yes, we are working on getting our trivia back. Uh, it's a work in progress, but we are, we are in – that's in the works. So just hang with us. You know, our trivia night was awesome and we're going to bring it back. You know, we had a rough year last year. Or I think most restaurants and bars did. did. Yeah. So, but just, you know, hang with us. We're, we're open 364. So, you know, Love I mean, it. Christmas is the only day we're closed. So. Love it. So, Darren, feel free to stick around. We've got a couple more questions we'll finish up with before we call it quits. Uh, so, first one, Andrew Hardaway on Periscope. Are we allowed to be excited to see what Marcus Johnson can do against the Falcons' second and third team? Are you allowed to be excited? Yes, you are allowed to be excited. Don't let us kill your excitement and your joy in life. You, you be excited about what you want to be excited about. Just don't be, a, don't be a, you know, you're going to get called out if you're wrong is the only thing. Yeah, but I mean, be excited. It's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll get philosophical here. There's no here. rule against excitement. No, absolutely know? not. Have a couple of beers, and then you can be as excited as you want on a Friday <laughs> Have night. Have a couple of Southern Grizz. Yeah, exactly. Southern Grizz. You know, so, yeah, I think it's it's perfectly reasonable to get excited about what he does. If he goes out and dominates against second and third stringers, he's making a case to make this roster. That said, he's still not going to take the number three role, at least not coming out of the season. I think it's going to be Josh Reynolds, no matter what. Um, well, I say no matter what, I mean, 
there are things that happen. He goes, gets arrested or something. But uh, you can be excited. Have fun with it. It's the preseason. It's Titans football. Enjoy it. Especially preseason. This is your time to get excited about all those kind of lower-level guys that are fighting for those those roster spots, how they're going to be used throughout the season. Because not only are they fighting for a roster spot, but they're fighting for how they're going to be used. Coaches, you'd love to say that coaches don't have egos coaches have short memories when it comes to things but there are times in life where coaches are guilty of, of are rolling with their guys it happens so you want to take this time so so be excited to see what he can do and who cares against what string it is because here's the thing i've always said this if if, if you're at nai school and you think you can play d1 but you're not flashing against nai talent you ain't gonna flash a d1 so if he's gonna flash and he flashes against third and second screen whatever i'm all for it so final question to wrap up the night here again to our friend from Twitch shots of Patron. What are you shots, hoping to shots, see shots, shots, out of preseason play for the Titans to predict what success this season will bring? Can I, can I jump that real yeah, quick? Go you got it. First of all, zero injuries. Thank you. Like Derrick Henry does not need to see the field. Like we, we know what he can do. You know, yeah. Derrick Henry does not need to see a snap in the preseason. Neither is Ryan Tannehill, really. And I'll drop the mic. You're, 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 kill, you're killing all <laughs> of the excitement for Friday night. <laughs> no, but, but he, he raises some good points. I mean, you want to get out of anything injury-free, especially preseason. That's why there's been so much of a push to eliminate preseason games because you want to because the product is the games. The moneymaker is the regular season games. You want all the think, – think about all the, the complaints about the NBA Finals this last year about how there's an asterisk because so many of the superstars that are getting older – Ended up getting hurt in one way or another. Chris Paul somehow made it through. But my point there is that you don't want to see anybody get injured. You, you want to save it for regular season. But the thing I'll say, too, is that you just wanted to see cohesive football. You want to see that the system that is basic is, is, is at least – stalemating slash not getting just run over and you don't need to scrap anything that you, you're working on to do what you're working on in practice. I used to say this when people ask me about coaching is that when you go to practice, you want to think of everything as building blocks. You're going to go out and you're going to stretch. You stretch because you want to get ready for the practice. You go into your individual drills because you're probably working on something that you're going to build up to. You then go to inside drills and offensive line because you're going to work on a certain play. You're building up to things. So I just want to see that consistent build up throughout. I don't care if they win a single one of these games. I don't care if, it, if they lose by 30. I just want to see a consistent football product on the field, and I think they'll be successful because I, I think with the roster, you can get excited about this roster because I think this is one of the best rosters they've had in my memory for the Titans, and it's okay to be excited about that because it's absolutely true. And, and no, no shot at any older Titans players. They've had great rosters, but in a very long time, this is clearly one of the best rosters they've constructed for this year. So it's okay to get excited about that. No injuries, consistent play, and we'll, let's get to the regular season. I think you covered it pretty well, though. The only thing I am also hoping for is, for the love of God, no weather delays. Every single preseason, there seems to be one. One, yes, it just goes. Oh yeah, and if you're if you're a fan, you're like, oh my god, it's a random Thursday. I don't want. Uh, what I, game? I'm, what game was it that we were stuck in the concourse for almost two hours? I think it was a practice. That practice. Oh, that's practice. Up. Oh my let's gosh. Take the, let's take the young kids. Let's up take to the three-year-old yeah. kids that are clearly going to handle this very well. That like, and I'm claustrophobic as it is. And my daughter, my nine-year-old, who's she's a sweetheart, but she almost passes out because everyone's just so close in there. This is pre-COVID times too, so everybody was just packed in there. It was miserable. I think the only two preseason games I've ever been to were rain games. My poor wife, we finally go. I finally take her to a Titans game of some kind, and it's Minnesota Viking games like six years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was. And it just poured the entire time. I bought her a hat just so she could put her wet hair under something. So, it, it yeah, I don't want to see any rain delays. And I can tell you that the coach coaching and rain delays 
is just another ring of hell to have to deal with because it's like we got you got these guys ready to go you have your system you're going through it and so to have to try and get them back up and then oh wait now we got to take at least 30 minutes off and let's do it again and kind of get there and then as a coach that likes systems and like structure uh it's the one of the biggest pain points and anxiety and there's nothing you can do to control it so yep so that's our thoughts great questions thank y'all for participating if you're in the area please come in next week and come see us ask your questions live as you can see we have a we have kind of a system here where a third mic can be activated if someone walks up i'm not sure how darren feels about random people walking through the bar area but we'll, we'll get some of that stuff worked out but you know if you're if you're if you're definitely local come out hang out with us come say hi come have a beer it's a great place to be uh all that being said uh this has been the coach's corner part of our way sports network partner with 440 sports remember be sure and check out all of our podcasts articles and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and at Twitter at BroadwayTN. The show at Coaches on Broad. Check me out, Ryan on Broadway, Jonathan, JB on Broad. But until next time, be out. See ya. Broadway Sports Media.